And now we should actually be live. All right, there you go. Sorry for the delay, people. Um, this episode is brought to you by Stroker Industries, who makes the trigger, which is a fuel, a push-button self-venting fuel control nozzle for your race jug. Um, they also make Spit Shine, uh, which is a spray to shine your bike up and protect it. And also fog out for the inside of your goggles or your truck windshield. Also brought to you by Emotocons. Moto emojis for your iPhone. Now let me bring the people on here that are supposed to be. The guests and the co-host. We should already be in session here. After I, I, I was still doing shows and traveling, and so I'd be gone here and there, but like, this is probably the first time she's been away from the kids for more than 24 hours, and she's like, I want to call them, and then the kids are like, nah, I don't want to talk. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, yeah, mom's gone, sorry to <laughs> Oh, there you go. Right, let me mix up some juices. Hey, hey, hey. Guess what? We're actually live now. And recording. Oh, shoot. We're live now. Live and recording. We're back. Oh. Get the lad who's coming back. <laughs> so we had a hiccup, or I had a hiccup, I guess. I I uh, ruined Christmas, everybody. we already right. been talking so, since uh, 9 o'clock. Everybody's just tuning in. We've been talking for a half hour about... First ever's and all kinds, yeah, all the good who stuff. Who, who Wacker is? Everybody, Nick and I now re know who Wacker is and his whole story and everything. So, all right, so we're gonna start over, Wacker. Wacker as Modelo. That was there. You go. That was that that ten page pre show prep I was talking about. Exactly. We just went over the email live and took care of it. Yeah. Um, so this is Dustin Nowak. You live where? Uh, California. Where, California? Yep, I'm in Santa Clarita, California. Trailer Park. Which is like northern LA. In the tra- yeah, definitely in the trailer park. We keep it on wheels. We keep it real. Do you just live at a motocross track and you're calling it a trailer park, or? <laughs> Actually, I wish I could do that. Um, no, it's 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 a legitimate trailer park. Like all my neighbors are on are on wheels as well, and it's actually next door to the old and legendary Indian Dunes motocross park. Um, all my friends who grew up riding there used to say that they would uh, come over here and coach the trailer park pool after they would get them doing their motos. <laughs> nice. So the trailer park pool is just dirt filled and brown. No, it's actually really nice. One of the only reasons I still live here is because the pool and jacuzzi area is cute. He keeps trying to sell it as a trailer park, but 
Then he's got a pool and jacuzzi. Okay, trailer resort. Dude, there you go. Yeah, trailer parks. The trailers don't move. They're just there. Trailer resort. That's not classy. Um. Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you have to cover your um, cover your wheels up or what? Like, do you? Um, I probably should, but I think where we're at, the trailers are so packed in here. Sun stays off it for the most part. We uh, every year. We take the trailer out once a year, and we take it for a day in the dirt. So it does get moved, but only once. Is that the uh, legal limit? Like you gotta uh, move it once a year. You're supposed to move it like every like ninety days or something, but we just pretend we do. Well, we I hate to tell you, but the feds watch this because every time we get political, they shut us down. So somebody's gonna be coming knocking on your trailer door, telling you you gotta move it. Cool. I think I'm hoping this is my last, maybe even my last week here. So, <laughs> just bring up some. If you want to come kick me out this week, I'm good. As soon as we get conspiracy theories, we start getting crappy uh, bandwidth. <laughs> Somebody dropped drop the. We just start shutting down. <laughs> we just joke, but it does seem kind of it's funny. It's well timed. Somebody inevitably. I can see that not being so ironic. Of uh, the three people <laughs> watching, two are feds. Oh. <laughs> Who? It's like the Instagram memes, just straight FBI. We're just gonna start getting random pop-ups. Like, hey, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. What is it? They're like, how about the um, cop the, the the cop post, and he's like, hey man, whoever stole that stuff, nice work. I'm not a cop. <laughs> he's like, hit me up. I like to steal stuff too. <laughs> Um, so, how'd you get involved with the Alta deal? How did I get involved with the Alta deal? That's a really long and funny story. Uh, when I first saw him and it first came out, actually, a guy that I knew that I did some jerk uh, testing with, I did one from the shootout, he did some development on it, and I kind of joked around that I wanted to hit ramps on it, and... I really wanted to get one to see what it would do and flip it and stuff. And a couple years later, well, I was actually, I worked at Fast House for a little while. One of their marketing guys hit, hit me up and we tried to, uh, I tried to make some stuff link up and happen to where I could try to ride one and it never really worked out. I was, I ended up leaving Fast House just to keep riding. And this year at Day on the Dirt, I was, drinking beers and painting helmets in the back of my trailer like I usually do every year day in the dirt or bikes or whatever I want to paint and all the Alta guys came over and I just started kind of having a conversation with them about you know the bikes and I was curious to why no one's flipped one yet and we got Hill riding straight rhythm on it and Durham was killing it at Supercross like doing Supercross testing and I know Nate's been riding one for a while and I just
I got called to get a show that I'm coming with, and he was like, I didn't mind it. But he did it, and it ended up like he took a hike to my own ride for a while. I got the suspension set up for freestyle, and hit some ramps on it, and pulled back, and it worked. Just stay good? Yeah, that's about the only way you could do it. Yeah. No, what are you talking about? That's people are gonna learn to flip on electric bikes so the exhaust doesn't light the foam on fire. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, foam just suck, man. Like that's true. I don't hit those things. <laughs> I agree. I mean, once you jumped it, you could probably tell how it was gonna flip. I mean, I had a feeling it was going to be the same. Like, the bike feels so good in general. It, it has a way different feel than, like, a regular motorcycle. It has a... But at the same time, it feels the same. I'm just feeling like everything works. And, uh... Hey, Daddy Daycare. I couldn't really see you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so not having gears, I've heard of people, well, only Todd Potter really, flipping something in second gear and then getting kind of stuck upside down, shifting third and then revving the hell out of it. And, um, it bring them around extra faster. The fact that you don't have like the gear to rev out, that it'll just continue to pull. Does it like pull you around better? close call enough where I have to, you know, start grabbing gears and trying to pull it around. Yeah. But uh, I've stalled them out and got on the gas just to, just to do it and see the kind of what I would do. And it, it does have that effect a lot. Like it, just, it has so much torque that when you do gas it, the rear wheel spins so quick that it definitely zips it around pretty fast. Nice. And I feel like when you do try to slow it down, it actually has more of an effect too. That's one of the, like, it, the, it's almost a benefit to the bike overall. It doesn't have the centrifugal weight of all the engine parts like moving inside. And, like I can carry it to like those balls and have like uh, the weights inside where if you get it spinning or whatever and throw it, they just keep going. That's kind of more like a four stroke engine or a two stroke engine is. You have the crank spinning, you have the piston going up and down and that bike literally has none of that. So, if you try to move it one direction or the next, it doesn't have all that centrifugal force pushing it in whatever direction it's at. So even though the bike's heavier, like when I go to do a whip and you pull it back, it doesn't have that weight still pushing it. Whereas like, you know, all the dudes who do enormous whips, they and they drive the heck out of it to bring it back. And it's basically all the weight of the wheel spinning is counteracting what the engine's doing. Helps do it, so that bike doesn't happen. So the wheel is the only driver that's getting it. So if you stop it, it works more. And if you get it spinning, it does the same thing. Well, that's been my theory with like, um, say, uh, 125 to 250. You know, the bike is not physically that much heavier. It's the fact of, like you said, the gyro effect is more. Once you get with the bigger flywheels and the bigger engines and stuff. So, obviously getting rid of it, you know, um, 
I don't know if Jackson Strong does, but I know that um, Paris Rosen used to shut his engine off and lock both top wheels up to try to do the front flips, you know, for that very reason. Yeah, it's... I can see it helping the I rode it on a track, and I have, like, a full, super stiff freestyle suspension on it, like, set up. And I rode it on a choppy sand track. And normally that's, I'm going to do a half and half and just pull off and deliver it. It's not worth it. But you do can keep the motor works, the way the suspension works, you don't have all that weight doing weird stuff. And all the, even with a super stiff suspension setup, the thing was like arch, like if it went through super choppy stuff, fine. Like, there's so there's many so weird variances that you can get to that, you know, the transmission and the way that it is spinning around that affects that. You don't get it as bad on the, you know, the wife that doesn't have that. Do you? Still, even though it goes more than a typical 450, it handles, and you can flip it around like a one, I wouldn't say a 125 because it's nice to have more weight, but between a 125 and like a 250, it's going to handle it like that. <clears throat> it's gonna change everything. It's gonna change suspension. I mean, once once you get people racing them, I think it's gonna change the whole way. From what you're saying, you know, it's gonna change it quite a bit. Does it have traction control? Not really. I mean, not traction control. It's it has different maps. Like, and map one is almost like you would have traction control, but it doesn't have. It's just because it doesn't. It mellows out the hit of the bike so much that it doesn't really break loose. Um, it's awesome. Like when I'm out in the hills, like to go build jumps, and I'm watching people on 450s trying to carry shovels and going up like rocky hills and crazy loose stuff. Like I can just sit there and hold the shovel and just turn the throttle and track it up without even thinking, and the bike's not going to stall. And it's never in the wrong gear, and it doesn't fall down. So that makes it real nice. But it's not really like an actual traction control. You put that thing in like Mach 2, which is a little more aggressive. It's, it's Mach 2, from what I was told, is comparable to like a stock rising 250U Porsche. And like those are one of the best Porsche 250 engines. And then Mach 3 is like a full mod 250F. Like that thing, that's what I remember. I mean, can, can they make that map pretty much be whatever they want it to be? They can do, I mean, it's, it's the power output from the battery to, you know, the, the motor. You can, as far as I know, like, I've seen the programs, like, I got super in-depth with it. I'm sure you could get it to do an output the, motor, the power however you would like it to, but they have it kind of, you know, in a similar curve. Whereas they also have map four, which is like no restrictions. It's just straight battery power for the motor. Can you even yeah. ride that? I mean, you can ride it. I just, I've never felt the need for it. But if you're trying to go ride it on something technical, the thing just spins out. Like, it's got so much power. So, three's good. Three's my all around. If I'm jumping stuff, I want. Like all the power in the world, threes got everything I've ever needed to do. Uh, 
even if I go around a track, I'll put on those too because I don't have that much Really? And then you get more you get more laps out of it then, right? Yeah, you get the the lower the map and the less output you get out of it. Like four, you run it on that thing, it's gonna be spinning everywhere. And the gas sucks down there too. Yeah, that's awesome. I never thought of that. Unless, what if you go to Mexico and you just get such bad electricity? It just does. It runs like shit. It takes like two days to charge it instead of a however long. How long does it take to charge? Um, I've never really actually timed a full charge. Like, if I go on the bus and I'm away from electricity, I'll put up my generator in my van and run it that. And most of the time you're not running the thing that, you know, running the battery off that bad. So I'll go run a third of the battery off, trail ride, jump jump or whatever, come back and plug it in. And it's an hour. I think uh, a new model with a new charger, like they're saying, an hour and a half full charge. Well, that's not bad at all. No, and I mean, you're burning a whole battery in that amount of time. If you go do a little on the thing, it's only going to burn about a half. So, 45 minutes, you're, you're full charge ready to go. And so, charging a phone. So, if you got a structured practice track that you're going to, where they do uh, 
A class, B class, vet class minis, you can recharge your bike. You know the amount that you <laughs> used by your next open pra- by your next practice session. Generally, that's kind of how it was. With like the times that I've taken it to this track, I was able to get motos in on it and do what I wanted to do and be able to recharge it enough to go back. But, and that's only going to get better. Yeah. I was just I was just reading some stuff where they were saying that in uh, some of the tracks around Texas, because down in Houston they have a big that's like one of the regional solar. They're saying that some of the tracks are actually starting to put in charging stations. Well, I would just wear solar panel gear, so that way <laughs> it would charge my bike up while I rode it. I mean, that would be that would be pretty rad. <laughs> just get to the <laughs> desert. Alright. Let me go put these kids to bed real quick. Put them to bed. Alright. Give him a shot of whiskey. <laughs> he just goes, he goes, this is my bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll uh, hit you up when I get back on. All right. All right, hang on. All right, I'll see you guys in the Good talking. Perfect. See you in a minute. Um, the altitude thing is, I never thought of that, which, but it sucks. Like you said, 10,000 feet, because you have to... You know, you can jet the bike, like you said, but you're essentially lessening the fuel that you're getting in there because of the amount of less oxygen you're getting in there. So ultimately, you are going to get less power, even if it runs correctly. Yeah, you can make it run really good. It's just always going to be down. Yeah. Yeah, you need the oxygen. It's the same thing with fuel injection. Just because you have a fuel injected 450, like. You go right in the highlands of Mexico City where you're at 9,000 foot altitude. Like, it doesn't matter how crisp the thing is. You're still, it's slow. Yeah, you're still down a couple of horsepower. But also, haven't you noticed in, like, Colombia, the fuel, you know, the gas that they get is, like, worse than 87 or whatever our worst stuff is anyway. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of benefits, and that's kind of like, I mean, which right now for me, the biggest downfall of the bike is the fact that when I go to places like that, I can't get one. So. Yeah. But other than that, because like I, I mean, I haven't had any need to ride any of my other bikes. Like I've been having a blast riding it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't have. 10 grand or whatever it is but man it looks like the ticket especially you know in New Jersey pretty much unless you go to a track every place is illegal that's just yeah. what it is so I mean I feel like California is the same way yeah yeah like I I'm if I even started a bike right now anywhere near where I'm at it's <laughs> There'd be cops here, helicopters, like, we're done. Could you put a, um, plate on that thing? I don't know if I should publicly speak about exactly <laughs> all of the dynamics that you can and cannot get away with it, but... I well, it's less than 50 cc's. <laughs> that is true. Uh, I've told there's a gray area there, but because it is a legit, like, motocross bike, the, uh, VIN number, apparently, will... Dis- Dep- probably depending on what state. I mean, 
the really strict ones like California, it has an off, it has an off road uh, VIN number that would not register in their computers as being able to be platable. But I will say, compared to uh, most bikes out there, they do sell a dual sport version that is platable, and the only difference really is uh, soft suspension and an 18-inch rear wheel. So it's not like you're getting any less of a bike for what you got there with just a couple of lights on it. The maps are the same? Or it's got like sissy maps uh, on it? Motor. No, it's the same bike. So, uh, yeah, if but... If I were to buy one, I don't think I'd be getting an off-road model. Let's just put it that way. You don't think you would be getting an off-road model? No, I'd be getting a dual sport. Yeah. Yeah. And then just get the suspension off. done. Then you can yeah. go and rip I mean, you shit. you get the suspension done anyway, so... Yeah. It's true. Yeah, that seems like the ticket. And then, then the possibilities are endless. Endless. Well, except for, like, reckless driving tickets. Well, uh, of course, you can still get in it, crashing into stuff. I mean... <laughs> I always I want to make yeah. You could make some like flip levers into mirrors. I would be lying if I didn't already plan on that. <laughs> I actually had that as an idea for I got a um CB, and um I was going to put all dirt bike like pegs on it. I already got dirt bike handlebars on it. I wanted to put all like Yamaha, you know, like two stroke fucking throttle and all that front caliper and all that shit and have some flip levers that stuck up that were then mirrors yep <laughs> I literally just want to have mirrors that velcro right over the flip levers there you go so, just, I, I already have my whole way around all of it dude uh, I'm really that's, that's the bike I want to build next yeah full street Street legal free <clears throat> yeah, that sounds awesome. I think yeah, I would probably go somewhere in between suspension wise. I don't think I would go full freestyle because I'm not jumping ramps really. So, see, I was that's the thing is, I was that was like my one concern, but um. I don't know if you were in there for that part of the conversation, but when I went and rode that bike, the way that the gyro and the engine and everything works, like I rode a full sand track, like choppy, rough sand trap with my freestyle setup, mm -hmm. and it worked really well. Like it didn't feel like a freestyle setup. Well, that's why I asked you about the. You, um... you don't have a drag. Well, that's why I was asking you about the uh, traction control thing because. I rode a um, 17, I think it was 17, maybe it was an 18, um, KTM, like the factory edition, and the guy who owned it was like 200 and, I don't know, 30 pounds, and he kept going, take this bike for a ride, take this bike for a ride, you'll like it, and I said, I already know how it's going to ride, it's going to ride like it's set up for a 230 pound guy, and it's going to be hard as hell. And he's like, still, just take it for a ride. So then um, I pushed a button and it started. And then he set it on whatever mode one or something, traction control. And it was crazy different as far as getting on the gas, like coming out of corners and stuff. It would not get out of line. 
it just no matter you buried it it would just roll the throttle on as hard as it would take it without starting to spin and go sideways and the thing was hard as hell and I still rode it because it actually because of the traction control it was still like rideable it wasn't like you know same thing like you were saying it didn't it wasn't just bouncing around all over the place it was crazy yeah definitely it, it's kind of similar to that just and I, I don't my explanation of how it works compared to a regular bike is the same no matter how I tell whether it's going through corners jumping ramps like it's the same it's different it just it, it's just not the same like it is the same but just not quite yeah like everything just works like kind of the same thing you're saying like it doesn't the motor makes so much of a difference compared to like a combustion engine and the way it flexes and the way it moves. I mean, think about factory teams, like how much they play with just motor mounts and like how much the motor flex and the torque affects the entire handling of the bike with flex of the frame and everything else. Like there's so much weight just spinning around in there that it, just translates to every other part of the bike and this doesn't really have that it has you know yeah one motor spinning one gear that outputs it and it it's only going one direction like you don't have it all countered okay how about now a regular bmx 360 on that that is a really good question actually never thought about that um, I mean, here's the thing. It, it may make a bunch of spins and stuff possible that weren't, that haven't been possible. TP's 720 thing, the TP 720. I don't know, maybe. I mean, it looks like Clinton Moore's just about got that thing fucking dialed, but, uh, you know, whatever. For sake of it, hasn't been landed yet. That never even clicked into my brain until you mentioned it. Um, but Nick and I were literally just talking about that. Like, I mean, I was doing ramps or whips this weekend and I don't really do traditional whips that much. Like it's just never really been my thing, but like I'll do turn downs and more like BMX style kickouts and just kind of style it. And like, even when I do a big one and I'm like, Oh man, like if I was on a 450, I'd be like, shoot, revving the hell out of it and back and land it. Like it's getting, getting kind of touchy. Dude, I can pull that thing back so quick and so easy that doesn't do anything kind of awkward. Uh-huh. You literally just made me think, like, and I even, like, was saying, like, so many guys panic, grab the heck out of their bike to bring that back with getting the wheel spinning to kind of counteract all the other weight and motions that are going on. It might, it could completely change the way that it's like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen as many people try, like, you know, just to do a turn down and keep it going, and it, dude, the thing just spirals out of control. Well, I was even Every thinking time. of, think about, you were saying people revving it to bring them back. A lot of people that do really big turn downs rev it into it. They come off of the ramp and get it, you know, lean sideways, and then rev the shit out of it just to get into it, and then just stay into it as they turn back out of it. 
I never actually thought about that. I'd be really interested to see. I mean, I'm not going to just send one of those to Derek, but that yeah, would, let's see it, man. Thing that you could see what it. I mean, I've watched Chuck try. Chuck could do full 180 turndowns, and I've watched him. Dude, the thing gets 270, and the bike, the wheels spin out from underneath it. I had so that conversation. I had that conversation with him, and I was like, why don't you just do, you know, because the wheels want to straighten itself out. I was like, do you think you got to the other side? It would just come back around the other way. And he was like, it does not want to come back around the other way. He's like, for some reason. I've watched multiple people try it multiple times, and it's, I had a conversation about this same thing with uh, BMX guys, and um, kind of the same deal, and we i never really thought about how much the engine itself would have a factor i just thought it was kind of the weight of the wheels which i think it makes a big difference too but after riding a bike that doesn't have that weight going on in the engine um it's definitely a possibility i think especially i mean that but also the, like the off access You know anything they're they're like the 720 anything like that that's changing that's turning like that i think if you you know it's even the same you know when you hold a bmx wheel or whatever with the axle and spin it and then try to turn mm -hmm. it and the thing is like wants to turn over real weird you know yeah <clears throat> no you get a lot more of that definitely with the motor wheel which i always kind of thought was the main thing but after seeing how much the actual engine like you don't think about how much weight in a motor is spinning and how fast it is. Yeah, and how many things are in there spinning in the same direction. RPMs. And like you got a clutch spinning one like which normally that would counteract it a little bit, and that's why they, the four strokes have counterbalancers and all that. But still, like there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Yeah. And riding all of them, I can see a really big difference with not having any of that. Hmm. The future is now, man. What a time to be alive. It's crazy. That's why I like riding it. Like, I've always liked to ride stuff, like, you know, do different stuff. Like, I kind of wanted to be on the forefront of, you know, really pushing the four strokes when it got big in freestyle and being one of the first guys to, you know, flip that and ride it consistently. But, uh, <clears throat> was what it was. I actually went back to the two stroke recently and kind of liked it more. I get why people like Taka and Adam and, you know, the guys who are really doing it and didn't really want to change. Yeah. In my opinion, it's still it's still a better freestyle bike. But, yeah, I think I didn't do I enough mean, flip tricks that were to where it mattered in flips. Well, I didn't do any, really. So it was just, like, just straight flipping. It's kind of easier. It's at least, it's, like, uh, easier as far as just jumping the ramps. And then if you get stuck upside down a little bit when you rev it, you know, or hit the brakes, it, like, kind of acts more than I think a two-stroke does. Yeah, it's got, <clears throat> I mean, same as anything, it has its pros and cons. Like, I'll ride both back-to-back. -back. I'll ride a YZ250, and I'll hop on a 450, and go ride ramps, go do tricks. Like, I'll do it the same day, whatever. And doing that, you can kind of see what works and what doesn't work, and... I can get on, like, I can ride a two, 250 two-stroke for two weeks, go ride around, do all my tricks, and get on a 450 and go hit a ramp and be like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. 
but they they work better. They have so much more technology in them. They they handle better. The power's better. They literally do everything better. But for tricks, it them like and I actually like flipping them better too. But for actually doing tricks, they you have engine braking and the bike's constantly moving. It's constantly doing it kind of its own thing. It has different drag off the ramp. Like I can struggle with a trick on a four stroke for a year and hop on a two fifty two stroke and do it the first time like it was like I'd never like yeah, did, they fly ago. a little better. They for it, sure. They don't move. Like they move where you want it to move, where the four stroke I guess the way I could put it is doing tricks on a four stroke's almost like doing tricks off of a dirt hit compared to a ramp. You have to wait for the suspension to unload because it's always kind of inconsistent. You have to wait a half a second, settle the bike to where you want it, then do the trick. Whereas the ramp, you always have that consistent pop and you know exactly where you can jump. Like, that's that's what it is to me. Like, you have to just... You can do everything on a four-stroke. It's just, honestly, trick-wise, it's easier on a two-stroke. Yeah. You put the bike where you want, you do your trick, you come back, you put the bike where you want. On a four-stroke, the bike comes off the ramp, like, you put it where you want, and even if it comes off like this, by the time you do your trick, no matter what you do, the bike goes like this. You gotta turn your idle up. It has... Then you it can have that thing revved out. Then it doesn't want to stop. Well, the, you can set them so high that it, then it just fucking, yeah. <laughs> then, like, it mean, boners on you. <laughs> yeah, then you ride around, you do two laps around of an arena, and you're... Overheating. Any freezes pissing out the side because the thing's overheated. It's it's harder to stop too. It's harder to stop, especially if your clutch drags. Um, it's just. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I'm not saying that it's impossible to do freestyle on a four stroke. I did it for years and didn't really have problems with it. But I just I built a two stroke to go do some overseas shows and just to have one. And after I rode it a couple times, I was just like. I didn't want to go back to my four-stroke. I just sold them all and kept riding the two-stroke and let it be. And I've been on that <clears throat> for the last year and a half. And then, you know, the electric bike came along. And the same as the four-stroke when it came along. I was like, oh, fuel-injected four-stroke? Give it a shot. See what happens. And that was just a different era and a different thing. But, I mean, I haven't had any issues with... I would add any any issues with anything. It doesn't have that same engine braking. It doesn't kind of have that same peculiarness in the air. Um, just when you let off the thro- throttle, it just freewheels. <clears throat> yeah, it has. It'll definitely freewheel for a bit. The only thing is that I do notice in that aspect is if you are like if you brake that and it doesn't freewheel, the wheel stops. Like we were saying. The wheels have so much more of a like dynamic to it than a normal bike because it doesn't have the engine kind of counteracting it. Mm-hmm. Like when you lock it up and the thing dead dead weights, like you like it. I, to me, it feels like it drops a little bit more. But same thing, as soon as you hit the throttle and spin it real quick, it just instantly stops it because it's there. Like it's not like it, it can't stall, so you just turn the throttle. Right. It's like, 
I mean, it's such a... It's such is your dog a chewing a bone thing. under your... At your feet? Yeah. Can you tell? <laughs> I can hear it. He's yeah. just sitting over... He's just sitting over here like, Hey, dude, play with me. Like, yeah. <laughs> um... I always tell the story, Javier likes to give me a hard time about the time that he did Speed and Style and I like slept in the chair in the pits at X Games. But what he doesn't like to say is that he called me at 7 in the morning and was like, hey, we need to be to the arena in 45 minutes and you and I had went, had went out until like 3 or 4 in the morning and got in some ratty hotel. I slept for, yeah, I slept for like two hours, three hours, and he, after many drinks, and next thing you know, he's like, hey, we, I got, they called me about, I'm doing speed and style, we gotta be there in 40 minutes, and I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, some, I don't know if somebody backed out or what happened, he's like, yeah, we gotta be there, can you be there, and I was like, I'll be there. So literally in between all of his runs, I just slept in the chair in our pit area. <laughs> uh, luckily, that ratty hotel was like a half a block from the table center. Yeah, no, you knew it. And you were like, listen, it's cheap, but it's not like that bad and it's close. I believe you were like, we were just out rambling, you know, like roaming around and you're like, don't worry. I know a hotel that's close and cheap for here. And it's not even that bad. And I was like, all right, I trust you. Let's do it. Ironically, I was in downtown LA like uh, probably two weeks ago. And one of my good friends lives like one block from that hotel. And we were talking about that hotel and how when you walk into it, it feels like you're walking into like the scene of an old horror movie. Like just because it's like, I mean, it's nice, but it was, like, that 1920s, like, weird, eclectic nice. Like, yeah. But you're, like, it didn't really fit in to the time period or what you're doing. You're, like, I'm in downtown L.A. Like, how come this weird hotel here from the 20s? That was probably the shit back then. Back then, yeah. That thing was a sky rise back then. Yeah. Yeah, I only spent a couple of hours there intoxicated so I don't really even remember I believe that was after that NoHo party is that stuff even around anymore oh, I think it is I've seen it here and there I, I, wouldn't, I don't know if it worked too well I don't, I don't think it worked <laughs> I had a horrible I tell you what we drank them all night in between shots and I still had a headache I tried my ass off to see if it was going to help me not drink <laughs> and uh, I was definitely hung up <laughs> I can say that now that none of my friends work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, all oh, these vitamins. I'm like, you need to put more in there or something, because shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good hangover. <laughs> this is a horrible hangover. You know why? Because I drank extra because I had no hoe. And I thought for sure I was going to be in the clear. I was like, man, we can go fucking crazy wild here. I got, I've been drinking all these drinks. I'm going to feel great. You were sleeping in the chair. I don't... <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a picture. I think Javier has a picture of me just laying in the chair. Just against the wall. Yeah. Bastard. 
Yeah. Done that. Thank God, you know, like, thank God he's the responsible one because if I was riding there and I didn't think I had anything else to do, I for sure would have done the same thing. And then they would have called me at five in the morning or whatever it was. And I'd have been like, yeah, I can come down and ride speed and stuff. <laughs> well, that would have been one hell of a speed style event. With neither speed nor style. <laughs> oh, come on. Not with that kind of confidence. Uh, you, I believe that, I think we've talked about it on here before, you backed out of a show because you, you jumped the ramp. Or you didn't even jump the ramp. You were just like, I'm too long over. <clears throat> I think one, I would say it's happened to me one time. Once. That's I all I, that's all I heard at a circus. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. I jumped in once and I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not riding any longer. Dude, we did, um, which circuses were the worst because those guys just live on there. And then, like, if you haven't been around for a while and then you show back up, especially the elephant trainers, they like to get you really drunk. So, uh, was it an elephant trainer? Did you get drunk with the elephant guys? <laughs> yeah, it was. They like to drink. And, yeah, I was in San Antonio. I want to definitely say it was Billy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Billy did it to me before, too. Yeah. With the stagger bombs. We used to do Jaeger bombs with a red stag. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we were in Wisconsin. And uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. We go out and drink with him. And then uh, we go to the show. The next day we're at the show. And we didn't, you know, ride until the very finale. So we showed up at like intermission or whatever. And I'm sitting there, the cats are like at, at our autograph table because we were trying to sell shirts. And the cats are like 25 feet to the left of me. So they're squirting cat piss all over the place. And when I say cats, I mean like tigers. So they're shooting oh, big amounts of... I mean, I know what you're talking about. I know. Well, I'm giving this <laughs> background for everybody else. In general public, if anyone's listening, we're talking cats. We're talking like we're... six to 700 pound tigers, laggers, lions, Who? Who, by the way, yeah, spray rancid smelling urine out of this gland right like, I'm not sure, it's like right below their ass, right? They just have this gland that shoots rancid urine out of it. And no, it's not even urine, it's just their, it's their like pheromones that they tag their tag oh, up with. Perfect. And it, it will shoot like 20 feet, at least. No, I know, I've been, I've been sorted before, I know I, I walked past the tigers today, or not today, this weekend, and people were like, oh, they're so pretty. And I'm like, watch it when they turn around. Do not stand behind <laughs> Like, face the thing, like, look at it in the face, but if that thing turns around, move. I <laughs> tell people that all you're the time. Gonna, you're going to have a real bad day. Yeah, I'm like, if they spin around, get be watching, because they're going to spray something. So anyway, we're sitting there. They're spraying... There's stuff on the table or whatever, so it smells like cat, like gigantic cat piss. And then I got kids keep coming up to me and they're asking stupid ass questions. And I'm just like, as they ask me the stupider questions, as like the questions get stupider, I get more sick. And I'm just like, this, I just turned to Dan and I'm like, uh, I gotta go. 
So I just went to, uh, ran back down to the locker room and vomited. And then come back out, and they're doing the the uh, second half. And I'm in the back of the landing using the spare tire as my pillow. And uh, Israel comes over, and he's like, hey, aren't you going to warm up? And I was like, I'm saving my energy. Just let me nap in here. I did some where uh, I basically couldn't do any tricks. And then my last jump, I'm like, well, I guess we got a flip here. So I just rode at the ramp and I'm like, please, muscle memory, don't fail me now. And just pull. And I'm like in the air upside down. I'm like, oh, shit, we're good. We're about to grease it. Luckily, flipping is the easy part. (laughs) Yeah. Just pull, Usually, I mean, just stare really hard at the ramp and pull at the right time. As long as you don't have to do anything else. Yeah, it's a, it takes a lot more effort to like jump off your bike and do tricks than it does just to ride off of it and lean back. Well, that's what people, you know, they're like, oh, you know, flipping is hard. And I'm like, uh, it's just scary and awkward unless you've been flipping for a long time. You know, I'm like, but fucking double grab is way more technical than a than a backflip is because you gotta like move your hands all the way back and then you gotta yeah, yeah. like get yourself back onto the motorcycle and I'm like to just flip you just like you said at the right time you lean back give her a little tug maybe rev it if you gotta tap your brake yeah that's uh I, I agree 100% like I had to do an extra jump on one of our shows this weekend and I was like <clears throat> I'll do a double grab and I was like wait I haven't done that many double grabs on the old Alta. Like, there's a real good chance I'm going to mess that up real right now. Like, I'd rather just flip. <laughs> I, I don't really have much room for air on the flipping side, and I'm pretty confident, like, when I ride off the ramp, I'm going to land on my wheels. But, like, you got a pretty good. Right now. You have a, a good amount of degrees, actually, if you look at it, you know, from, like, not quite vertical up and down to like not quite vertical up and down the other way. I feel like you know you could get squirrely. There's there's a real big room for room for air there. There's a lot of error in there. There's a lot of degrees that you can be kind of messed up in and still land and ride it out. I think it's literally almost it's like literally from there to. Exactly. From a little bit further, from a little bit further, I'm going to say almost 180 degrees. From pretty much so, vertical to vertical. Almost. Looping out's way worse than endoing. <laughs> endoing, you have the momentum. Like You can land like this, but your momentum's already bringing you this way. So, as long as you just don't hit the wheel and tuck, like you're going to pretty much ride it out. Right. Straight up and down. But... Once you get to there, your momentum's already going the wrong direction way too fast, and you're pretty much SOL. And you gotta ride. No, that's when you ride your back brake, and then uh, when your back tire hits, it then just whips your ass forward, (laughs) and you land on your ass at the same time and jam your back in, and then it just smashes your front wheel into the ground. See, my problem is my shoulders are so weak that. At that point, they just both dislocate, and 
I'm done. Because my, my wrists and hands, like, I got a lot of, like, forearm and hand and wrist strength. Like, they'll hold on, but the rest of my body will go, and it'll just rip my shoulders out. Perfect. Yeah, it's... Like, I've over-rotated enough to where I... If there's a jump or ramp or anything that scares me, like, I will under-pull on purpose so that I don't over-rotate. That's what Javier said, too. He goes... He's like... I said... This is when I first started flipping. I was like, how do you flip different ramps? He goes, I jump it a couple times, and then I aim to underpull it. Generally, that's usually a pretty good thing. Because, like, almost every ramp flips you faster than you want to flip. So if you just ride off of it, like, your bike naturally wants to rotate a flip. Like, you have to try... Like, in order to, like, do a half flip, like, you have to really mess up. Yeah. Pull super early. Like, I've, I've literally, I've literally ridden off of ramps without pulling or doing anything and been all, oh, shoot, I should have pulled. And, like, just leaned back a little more, gave it, like, one rev, and landed perfect. Sometimes you even have to break down. Yeah. I've seen but, some people do that. Or you pull too early, and you G out so hard at the top of the ramp that you either blow a hand off, yeah. or you just get stuck. Or your, yeah, your suspension fights you as it rebounds off so hard that you're just yeah, like, so, uh, yeah, then you're scared. Like, but even then, like, if you just don't panic super bad, you can generally just you, if you arch your back and just rev it, the thing ain't coming around. But if you just give it a good tug of the bars and gas it, you're getting it most of the way around for sure. Get as small as possible, as Javier would say. Mm-hmm. He, he likes, yeah, he I, says instead of like stand up, he's, or uh, get, or um, tuck, he's like, I get, he gets big or gets small. It's basically like in my head, small, right, but in my head, I see him going off and um, over rotating and eating one of those mushrooms in Super Mario and be like doo -doo 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 -doo, and getting bigger and then <laughs> slowing the flip down. Push out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what Metzger used to tell me back in the day. It's like, it, when you think about it, it's almost counterintuitive. You're like, oh man, I want to like, you know, slow this thing down and everyone just like skits over the front of the bike and is trying to push it. Literally all that does is speed your flip up. Like, you literally just want to push the bars away from you and just yeah, and your feet get big and like you you open up and it slows everything down. Yeah, but generally, if you're if, if I'm in that position, I'm usually already panicking so bad I've hit the brake 17 times. As Dustin Miller says, like I'm killing spiders, I'm just stomping. And at, if you're that panic, there's nothing you're you're sol. There's nothing you're doing to slow anything down. Well, here's the thing. If you don't realize that you overpulled that hard within the first 20 feet off of the ramp, you're done, yeah. If if while you're pulling you don't realize that you've overpulled that hard, you're never going to slow it down. There's some deceptively smooth ramps though that will spin you a lot faster than you think, especially if you like if you don't overpull. Like it's like if you flip 75 all the time and you go to flip a kicker, you could literally not even think you pulled and still do a double flip. Like 
Dude, I... But... When I learned to flip, originally I had my finger on the clutch. And, um... I was engaging my clutch. So I got to a point where I could... Like, going off of the face of the ramp, I could wrap the throttle out and pull as hard as I could. And I would just barely grease it. And then um, I crashed, whatever, I stopped flipping. I went back to Travis's house. I was going to flip like three or four into the pit, go right to dirt. And he's like, is your clutch slipping? And I said, no. He goes, could you be engaging your clutch? So then he said, which, he goes, go around, do exactly what you just did with your finger off the clutch. I did one and a half. So then it took me like the next six months to convince myself that I didn't have to pull that hard. But I didn't, I didn't, I like, I lost, actually, this was before that. I lost how to actually pull. And um, I went to Chuck's house. He had a super kicker, which I'd never flipped before. So I literally got into flip position. I just got myself back like you would manual a bicycle or whatever and rode off of the ramp in that position. And it would almost completely flip. Like if I went to dirt, I would have been probably vertical up and down on my front wheel. But that's without transferring weight at all. That's just being laid back and having pressure in my hands as I rode through the ramp. No, it's, I mean, that's my whole theory is, and it's always kind of been this way. With I learned to flip BMX like a long time before I ever flipped moto. Like I flipped a dirt on BMX for a good, shoot, solid year before I ever even like kind of thought that freestyle was even in my like grasp. And so I learned to flip without power. I learned how to like slow it down. I learned how to flip different ramps, push through it, pull through it. And I think that really helped me out. Like definitely in the long run of actually like flipping moto because I had different scenarios before I kind of got there. And same thing. Like when I think about flipping a ramp, like dude, flipping a dirt bike for me. And like I grew up riding BMX. Like that was all, that was my whole deal. Like, and Flipping a ramp on a dirt bike is a hundred times easier than flipping a BMX bike. And like, I'm way better, I was always way better on a BMX bike than I ever was on a dirt bike. But it's, you think of the ramp, you think of the power, you think what a bike wants to do. If you take a screenshot of someone hitting a ramp to do like a grab trick, you're, all your weights, your head's over your front fender going off the top of the ramp. Like, you're counteracting the bike naturally wanting to flip. Like, you gas it on a ramp. If you don't lean forward, the thing is just going to flip. <laughs> I've told people and, it takes less, and this may be where you're going. I said it takes less body force to get a motorcycle to flip than it does to get it to jump and actually bring the nose down and land you know, like at the same angle as the ramp versus getting it to flip. 100%. Because That's once... literally what I, like, what I was saying. It's like, it, I... And the amount that it, the difference is, is so subtle that, like, I have... Like, I would do this, like, I... My flip uh, school is really, really bad. I, I, I what is a flip to, school? Uh, I compare it to the surfing teacher on forgetting Sarah Marshall where he tries to tell him oh you're doing too much oh you're not doing enough like you know they're standing on the beach and he's making them stand up yeah, on yeah, the yeah. surfboard it's literally that's how you flip a dirt bike like 
you can very, very easily do too much, but at the same time, you're not supposed to do anything. Yeah. Like, because the harder you try, literally the worse it goes. You're going to work oh, yeah. too early, and it's not going to work, or you're going to do nothing at all. Like, if you ride off the ramp, it's not going to work either. But if you just ride off the ramp in the right body position, the bike just does a flip on its own. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And, like, that's how I taught myself how to flip is, like, I just... I don't, I don't pull, I don't lean back, I don't look, like, I just stay in a very just neutral position and let the power of the bike and the throttle just make me do a flip. You kind of let the bike, you let the bike kind of like come out from under you a little bit into the ramp? Not even come out from under me, like, I like to stay in the same position, but I like to, like, Ramps go like this. It's naturally the power of the bike. It naturally flips. So you just hold onto the bike and gas it off the ramp like how you normally jump without leaning forward to counter it to do that. Right. How you would ride down a straightaway. Yeah. It literally, like, I have pictures. <clears throat> I'll do screenshots of me doing a double grab and me doing a flip. And when my suspension's compressed on the ramp, my body position from the last three feet, the only thing that changes is on a double grab, you see me, my head go towards the fender. Otherwise, it just stays in the exact same position. Hmm. Like, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, I, because I've watched certain, like, I've watched certain people flip, like, people that flip, like, dude, I've seen people sitting on their rear fenders, fender <coughs> bent down, like, just, you know, you watch people flip, dude, you're like, especially when I was learning, like, I'm almost coming up on the 15th anniversary of, like, the first time I ever flipped a ramp. And oh, like, yeah? That's way too long, for one. But. You had to have been early. Back then, I remember. Yeah, I remember watching people flip, though, like, then, and just see how hard they were trying, and I'm like, dude, they make it look scary. I was like, I don't think it's that bad. But, just have to, like. I can't watch people do other stuff. I just have to do it on my own. Yeah. Like, I don't like watching people hit jumps. I'd rather just hit it first. Or it depends on who they are. If it was somebody like you, I would totally be like, sweet, Whacker's going to jump it first. Or Chuck. Well, sometimes Chuck will get excited and do something crazy. But, you know what I mean? I would totally... Yeah, yeah, no. Dude, I, I live my life following Chuck off. Like, I learned freestyle following Chuck off his stuff. Yo, I went and rode um, Bakersfield with him, and he's just like, hey, follow me out here. And we were with, uh, like, Scranny and those guys. And um, once we he started taking us out there, he turns to me, he goes, okay, the first part of this place has a bunch of little jumps. He's like, "There's a bu- it's really fun to warm up on, blah, blah, blah. I I already knew he was just going to jump everything without looking at it because he had already <laughs> ridden there. So I literally just got like eight feet off of his back wheel and just followed him off of every jump because I'm like, otherwise, I know how Chuck is. He looks at something once, jumps it, and then fucking moves on. And I'm like, if I don't just follow him super close and just jump everything as he jumps it, like he's not going to give me another chance to follow him off anything. So I just literally stayed right behind him and just 
tried to go the same pace. If I heard him get on the gas, I got, got on the gas. And that's what I did all day long. The bigger ones, he would, like the dog pisser and stuff, he would ride by them once and then turn around and hit it. So I would just like, by the end of the day, I was exhausted just from being nervous so many times following him off shit I didn't know. Him. Yeah, just like stuff I'd never seen before. And I'm just like, okay, I trust Chuck. I think I know he's going the right speed here. Dude, I remember like I went to Beaumont with Chuck when I was like 16, and we had a bunch of like a bunch of the Aussie dudes flew over and were like staying in SoCal, and I went and stayed down at this house, and he had just broken his leg, so he's got his leg in his cast, and he's riding around on my 125, just trail riding with a cast on to show us where all the jumps are in Beaumont, uh-huh. and like I can't remember, I think I was still, he was letting me ride his 252 stroke because I didn't even have one, and. We're just going out to jumps, and he would just be like, whacker, all right, this one, he's like, just roll into a third gear, whatever, click fourth gear, pin it at this whoop, and you're good. And I'm like, dude, I'm 16 years old. This is like my first time ever even riding a 252 stroke. I was like, all right. And every single jump I hit how he told me to, dude, and like greased everything. Like, just got to the point where, like, if whatever he says goes, like, timing was always. Like, he could literally just look at a whoop with a cast on and tell me how to jump a thing. And as long as I did what he said, like, it was always money. You know what? He may have not known, and it may have just been you, you know, doing it on your own. But he sounds, he sounds really confident when he tells you stuff. Yeah, but that's exactly what he would do. (laughs) Yeah, but I've seen him miss shit. I've seen him... Well, Only a couple times. Only a couple times. I'm gonna give them, them ninety nine percentile there though. Like But when he misses it, it's when he gets excited, like you were saying. It's not the fact that he can't do it. Like dude, his right. timing was pretty like dude, I've watched him go out to he always wanted to be the first one at the, on the do tour course when like other people wanted to go watch I was there for event. one. Dude, did you the one he did what every jump, zero runs in one lap. Uh, so in I was lap. there for, yeah, and he was um, Did the entire practice thing partners with Brody. He was practice partners with Brody. Is that where he missed the landing on that like ninety six foot dirt hit the first time, like off to the side, and like he landed to the side of the of the uh, landing and it no, goes. That was Cleveland or something. That yeah. Was the week, that was the next the, the next month, next event. Yeah. But the one before that, he went out first and greased everything. Didn't even look at it. Went out, rode out, and just jumped everything in one lap. Perfect. Well, in Cleveland, he, he rode past everything. We were pulling pins to see what order we practiced in, and he just goes, I want to be first. And um, everybody turns around, they're like, they're like, uh... Okay, go ahead. And he's with Brody, and he looks over, and he's just like, Brody, you okay with that? You know, and you know Brody just goes, okay. So that was it. (laughs) So there's this, like, 96-foot double, dirt-to-dirt hit. Now, he transferred to the side of the landing. Now, if anybody's ever... I'm sure most people have not been on the floor to look at a Dew Tour course, but let me tell you. Those dirt hits 
were fucking intense. Like, 10 foot of tranny at the bottom, maybe. Uh, you know, and then just straight... Dude, the bottom... The, we showed up to one of them, and I'm just like, you. I'm pretty sure you can't make that jump. Like, it's too much G at the bottom. And they're like, you know, a bunch of us were saying that, but we were in the whatever, you know, the nobody practice, and they're like, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, they make us practice on it. I was like, I'm not jumping that fucking thing. And then Nate and Twitch show up, and they're just like, hey. They start asking them questions, and they go, there's no transition at the bottom of this. And they went out and fixed it after we had already practiced. I was like, <laughs> and they hadn't even written it yet. They were just like, oh, oh, we better fix this. I was like, I told you guys that like five hours ago. I could tell that that was way too tight. But they didn't want to listen to us. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, Chuck, the landing, the takeoff wasn't exactly pointed at the landing. It was like off a little bit. And um, sure enough, Chuck just turns and rips it, lands all the way to the side of the landing, caught the landing at least. G's into the bottom so hard, he just got spit off of his bike. I remember he slid on his face or whatever, and he stands up and he turns around and his, vo do you remember this? And his visor's just pressed down as far as it'll go. And he just goes and shrugs his shoulders and picks his, hits his visor back up, picks his bike back up, starts it and turns around and just blasts it again and lands it perfect. That's pretty, that's... Standard Chuck. God bless him. That's... I like it. I was and just like that, that was talk, one of Taka's first events, and I think Taka had a real close call on that thing. He either decked it, and like, and if, I, we're, if we're talking about the same jump, yeah, the big ninety-six footer coming back like at us, like back towards the pits. Back yeah, the yeah, exactly. So you had the um, the like the two in the row were going away from us, and then um, that was more to the right. And then the the big dirt hit was like to the left side of the course coming back at us. And didn't we're talking about the same event. I'm pretty I'm sure. No, it was Cleveland. Yeah, I was hurt so I was a judge that year. So I didn't get to ride that one. I judged uh, that one. So yeah. The when the year that Chuck rode, I judged. And then Ox landed like uh, off of one of the ramp hits and went whiskey throttle into a fence. Yeah, that one, that one took out a lot of people. Yeah, it was windy as shit. Yeah, that was pretty standard. I just rode the um, qualifier though, and I didn't make it, so then that was it. Then I just parted. Did you go to Travis's? No, that was Baltimore. We went to Travis's and parted the one night. I don't yeah, feel like you were there. One, not at the party. I went the next day. What, to Travis's? Yeah. <laughs> I was at that event. Uh, uh, you should have been at the party. Me and Jack Rowe played uh, beer pong against um, Travis and Sheckler. And Jack Rowe wanted I to beat was, up Sheckler. I was actually trying to uh, compete at that one. This was after the, I want to say this was after, maybe it wasn't, maybe I just didn't qualify, so then it didn't matter, so then I just went to the party. <laughs> I 
I didn't qualify either. That was literally the event that I retired from my combat <laughs> I rode practice, and that course was so terrible. <clears throat> I rode off of it, and they're like, "Hey, you're third up for qualifying," and I was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> I loaded my bike up. I was like, "If you guys can't find me, I am gonna be at the bar." Like, I'm. This is. It was the worst course. I got a flat tire in practice. Like. I was the last to go out for practice, and there was just square edges going up to, like, because they put expanded metal, like, 10 feet before the ramps, and there was such bad square edge going up to the ramps. Well, I where it hit the, flat. where it hit the expanded? expanded metal off the first ramp, landed, there's a 90-foot dirt hit up after it, yep. so I get a pinch flat that I don't know about, land, go to hit a 90-foot dirt hit after the fact, the thing just buckles on the ramp, sends me sideways and short, and I like, go to hit the next ramp, come out of the corner, and I'm like, oh, well, that probably explains why I couldn't make it through that section. Yeah, no, I do remember that now that you say that. Yeah, I, I literally rode off the course, and I was like, I'm done with Dude Tour. I got a show in Europe, and like, they're gonna pay me more to go do KOD flips there than if I get like third here, so peace out. Um... Yeah, that was, and that shit was gnarly. Yeah, it was, I mean, I was like, that was, I was just doing simple math in my head. I'm all cool. I can literally go out and possibly kill myself. Like, I'm, if I put the run in that I'm supposed to, I'll make the final. Like, if I get top eight, which is probably what I'm gunning for with the crowd that was there, like, I'll make 1500 bucks. And I was like, is that really worth it? Sick. <laughs> like, Nah, sweet. No, it's not. Was that the one I seen one where you were on TV going, eh, I don't think it's worth it. And then Mets goes out and fucking, I don't think that was, yeah, that was a detour. No, that, that, that was detour. That was the year before that. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it was that, that was year. The year before, like, yeah, no, the next year, well, that was two years before. That was the first year of detour. Like, that was, I don't know, I'd made all the finals and was, pretty much kind of in that realm of like just outside the top five but in the top ten and like they're like hey it's really windy and I was like uh yeah it's really windy I'm actually not going to go ride this and they're like it's live TV on NBC they're like well your window's closed I'm like no I'm I, I really like cool you guys can sit here and tell me I'm going to go ride I'm not going to go ride right now <clears throat> and then they, they started doing the countdown for like live TV for me to drop in and like on the other side of the course they had the uh, I don't even remember what it's called anymore but it's like where like all the, the fan zone or whatever with all the vendors and everything mm -hmm. well like three easy ups came over like ripped out of the ground from the fan zone took out the fence barrier for the course took out like half the banners and the fence and went ripping and flying and fumbling over the course like as I'm getting ready to drop in and they're telling me I have to go or else I'm going to lose my run. <laughs> and I was just sitting there watching it and laughing. I was like, dude, I already made the finals. Like, this is better than I thought I was even going to do. So if you guys are going to clip me here, I'll take my 10th place. I'll go home. And that stuff happened and it ended up going to like a four-hour wind delay. I was like, do you guys believe me now that it's too windy? I literally just watched like a 40-foot easy up go flying across the course. Do you want me to go jump? So was that then or after the four-hour wind delay Metzger went out and rode? I 
think he was right. This was, I don't know. He might have been the first one out after the Wendele. Because him and I were like qualified right back to back. And I remember him, he came up after the fact. And he was like, dude, he was like, he went for it on his second run. Because I beat him in the first one. And like the first flips I ever landed, like we're at his house. And like he helped me in the phone pit. He's like, dude, he's like, I was so pissed when you beat me. He's like, he just went out and started flipping like everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, and when he's like, he's like, there's no way like whacker like I like, pretty much taught you how to flip. You learned to flip at my house. You're not beating me. And then didn't he do his whole run and flip everything like he said, and then continue to ride way past the buzzer, and then do like some whip flip thing, and then just deck the shit out of it and crashed his ass off. That's pretty standard Mets, though. I'm pretty sure that I just watched that not too long ago. And, like, somewhere it's on YouTube somewhere. And they just come up to you and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to ride. It's too windy. <laughs> and then they just show Metzger out there just flipping every jump that he could fucking find. And then they're like, the buzzer goes off and he's just still doing whip and this and that. And then he flips this dirt hit. Whip flip thing. Land decks the top of it, gets whipped back the other way from the top of the landing all the way to the bottom, just sideways, just bam on the ground. I was there like, was set up jumps on that course, like that weren't even like made for doing tricks. They were like just little, like popper, like 40 foot dirt hits into other jumps. And he was just flipping those. <laughs> like, just because. And I think that's one of the ones that I think he did that on. Like, he did it in his run and then he did it again. But. That was standard Mets. He did that at Gravity Games. Like, I think he just got, like, a silver medal at Gravity Games or something. You remember back in the day, like... When he went to do that whip thing, hip thing? Yeah, and just literally just rides off the side of a cliff and just falls, like, 40 feet and, like, breaks his leg and pelvis and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. It was, like, 30 seconds after his run. Yeah. He was just out there just jumping off stuff for no reason. Yeah. And then eventually... And then eventually just try something that shouldn't, that it's just like didn't make any sense and then hurts himself. Yeah. We had a conversation about that. He's just like, I just get so amped. He's like, I just don't know what to do anymore. Like, I can see that. Just pack it in, man, and go <laughs> go have a beer or something. That's that same energy that gets you to that level, though. You just, you don't know when to pack it in. And yeah. It's true. Sometimes it bites you. Yeah. It's always those. It's always those ones like sending it. If you don't have that energy, you never can make it that far. Yeah, I mean I agree. What's he got now? So, tattooing man. He's an artist. No, I'm talking about your dog. Oh my dog! My dog ain't got shit. I was hearing noise. I oh. sound like he's got a uh, plastic or something he's chewing up. No, that's the lady making tacos. Oh, oh. Yeah, that. I was gonna say the dog's actually being really good. He's just sitting there being really good because he's staring at tacos. Oh, he's waiting for cheese or anything to fall on the floor. Dude, literally, he's just staring at the, like the counter, waiting for something. I'm pretty sure just smells hit the floor here and the dogs lick the floor for like the next <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I didn't drop anything just now. I don't know why you guys are licking the floor here. 
but they can tell. We know. What was your? It's been a few years. What was your little dog's name? Stella. Did you have the uh, Stella. Yeah, blue healer. Blue healer. Yeah, she's a <clears throat> drive me nuts with the ball normally all day. So <laughs> still, that's I'm been trying to hide my dog toys. He's just been sitting here staring at me with them. Like, why are you sitting here not playing with them? Yeah, my dog will let me stay on the computer and do stuff for a certain amount of time, and then she starts like growling at me and stuff, and barking at me and trying to bite my feet. Like enough, let's go. <laughs> yeah, uh, what are you just sitting there doing? Because uh, it's time to play. Yeah, this is unimportant. You need to throw the ball for me. <laughs> right. <clears throat> um, just comes sits up in my lap. Just like, or just sits there and licks my hand. It's like, time to go, dude. My dog knows, you know, from like locker rooms and stuff. She knows that if you put the, if she puts the ball like in you know, like, in your bag or in your lap, like, in some place that's kind of inconvenient for you that you'll get rid of it. You know, like Jason Rowe, he doesn't want the slobbery ball in his bag touching his gear or whatever. So she would constantly just drop it in there in the locker room because he's like, get this thing out of here and throw it. And she's like, she's like, yay, threw the ball. So, yeah, <laughs> so she'd just come and drop it in everyone's gear bag. <laughs> Shit. That's pretty much, my dog has a weird thing, like, we'll, like, the shoes will be sitting on the floor, and he won't chew the shoes, but he'll take his, t take his toys, and he'll chew it on the shoes. Yeah. Like, he hands like this, puts the toy there, and just chews it on the shoe. Yeah, because he's getting he the, the scent. Shoe, just puts his toy. He's yeah, get, he, he, he knows like, he'll get in trouble, so he's getting the scent of the shoe, and the chewing satisfaction. My dog will hold yeah. the ball, and bite on it, and smash it into the back of my legs. Or, or if I'm on a dirt bike or something or a bicycle, she'll chew on it and smash it into the tires, you know? So that way she's like, can pretend like she's biting the tires, you know, but she won't get in trouble for it. So she's like, yes, <laughs> yeah, win, win. Do you have more, uh, circuses coming up? This was just like a last minute kind of fill in. Didn't even know I was actually going to do a circus. I just got called to go do a show and said yes, which I normally do. Yeah, that's what. I don't usually like to ask. I don't usually like to ask too many questions. We did, um, we'd call people and they'd be like, uh, "What bend ramp is it? What type of show is it?" Da 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 da. And I'm like, I never used to ask any of that. They'd be like, "Hey, I got a show. However much." I'm like, "Okay, let's do it." Yeah, I don't. I, I the less I know, the better. Like I think that's just all my time in Mexico and South America and everything else. It's just like, what day is it? Like when's my flight? You just learn to be calm as well because they like to procrastinate on like setting up. They're just yeah, like, it's okay. It's okay. Cinco minutos. Five minutes. And I'm Five like, minutes. I'm like, uh, it's not okay. You said that we need to build a landing out of out of wood by hand, and the show is tomorrow. It's not okay. <laughs> we need to start doing something. Yeah, we, we should probably get this going. Yeah, dude. Yeah, 
actually have a show coming up in Mexico in two weeks, and haven't been there in a little while, but they're like, oh, uh, what bike you ride? You can get an electric one down there, can you? Like, uh, no. I was like, well, how about a YZ250? Because that's like what I've been riding for the last year and a half. Like, ah, oh, we'll try. No YZ250s. Like, we've we've literally made it past the point where you could actually get two strokes. Oh, in those so countries. Yeah. So, which was which was funny because I kept the reason why I still had all my YZ250 parts was because when I switched to 450s, they couldn't get the 450s in those countries. So I just had all the parts. Right. So I have an abundance, like I have a storage unit that literally has a freestyle setup for every bike I've ridden in probably like the last 10 years. Like I have air boxes and seats for multiple versions of KX450s, nice. uh, suspension, stabilizers, only for a show and I'm ready to go for it. And they're like, so they can't, they can't give me a YZ250. I was like, what about a KX450? Like that's pretty standard. I can ride literally from a 12 to an 18 because I have different air boxes, two different seats, plastics, suspension. Nope. Like, what can you get? <laughs> yeah. Finally just came down like, why is he 450? And I'm all, oh, I'll take a set of handlebars and I'll, I got a friend who has one. Maybe I can borrow some suspension. So, I went to, call it good. I went to Ecuador and rode a YZ250 two-stroke, which I was riding at the time, but I was lazy. And I was just like, I'm just going to bring my number plates and a seat. And that's literally the only things I brought. And I was like, how bad can handlebars be? Yo, they can be bad. Roger DeCoster bad. Like they, I didn't, I'm like, where did these bars come from? Are these vintage bars? Like what the fuck? Well, how do you have bars that are this wide and low? Uh, and they were swept back real far. Like I literally couldn't even, I tried to do a sidewinder and I couldn't get my hands off the way that the bars like come back. Like I couldn't even get it out of the bars and the thing ran like it was underwater I was like, blah, 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 blah. and I had to flip it. I didn't bring any suspension, so it's just some clapped out stock suspension. So it's super fucking soft. I just ran the clickers all the way in, rebound and compression, and which does nothing on blowing up suspension. Well, it's better than not being just ran all the way in. At yeah. least, at least it kicks you a little bit slower. <laughs> yeah. After it's hit metal to metal. Yeah, exactly. He goes, ting! Those are the fun ones. But I made it happen, so. Then after that, I stayed there for a week on vacation. And then um, somebody actually is like, hey, I got this race. I want you to jump at this race. So I got 500 bucks. To jump at the well, I was supposed to get five hundred bucks. Jump at this race, and then he's like, "There's don't worry, there's big jumps on the track." So then I ride the four fifty. I'm supposed to ride like a day before, and the suspension on that thing is clapped, and I think it was like enduro suspension. And he's like, "Here's the jump," and it's like some ninety foot double in the middle of the track, like with a a roller before it or something, or maybe this little double before it. 
and like the A class guys, there were only three of them jumping it, and they were just barely making it over. And I'm like, these dudes race all the time. They on their own race bikes, they can barely make it over the jump. I'm like, I'm not even jumping that on this thing. If I don't time that right, I'm just gonna explode on the landing. One. Two, it doesn't make any sense because I'm not going to be able to do any tricks on the thing going 100 miles an hour off of it. <laughs> so then I just raced the vet class. And uh, I won. Actually, so the guy that had won it the year before was like Factory Yamaha. And they kept going, hey, like we're, he'll let you ride his bike to practice. And I got food poisoning. And I'm like, why am I going to practice? I have food poisoning. I've been throwing up all day. I'm like, why am I going to practice on some motorcycle that I'm not even going to race on in like two days? I'm like, I'm just going to hang out today. So that guy got worried that I was some kind of fucking, you know, like factory uh, assassin or something. So he's just like, he ends up not racing the race. And then I beat everybody else, but. So, I'm Ecuador vet champion from like 2016 or 15, 14. We'll just say that. That's not, that's a lie. But, yeah, it's a lie, but. Where do I sign up? Yeah, no, I'm in. That's what I was, I was thinking. I went, we jumped at the um, Chinese nationals as well. And I'm like, listen, I'm very easily top three guy there. Like, I'll go to China and be a factory racer. That, that sounds awesome. We actually tried to go when we were over in China, like, a year and a half, two years ago, or whatever it was. We were, like, trying to look and see where, like, the races were because, I mean... Middle of nowhere. Eric Swan over there. Who, yeah, he's the, literally the plus 30 national champion, won all three motos at Loretta's. We're like, dude, let's go over there and race the... Let's just, let's go race the national championship over there. We got three brand new 2016 Cowies. Like, we're going to do some damage over here. It'll be fun. But I don't think we missed, like, we missed the racing season. They're all super far. I don't think they wanted us doing that to begin with. No, because you just would have waxed everyone's ass. Like, I'm pretty much, <laughs> like, the first guy is going to be a handful. I'm like, but I'm pretty sure. You know, because... Okay, one and two in the A-class were on, like, Hondas or Kawasaki's, and the rest were on those Chinese gas station 450s. I'm not shitting you. <laughs> and the whole the whole time they're riding them around, I'm like, don't jump that. The frame's going to break in half. Like, don't fucking, <laughs> don't do it. And and their tracks. Yo, their tracks, there was, like, um, so the uh, straightaway is, like, I don't know, 50 yards, let's say. And there's a, there's like a 60 foot double right before the corner. Like, so you, you have like 40 yards to just run at this double. And then it's like a 50 or 60 foot double. And then you land and then there's just a big bowl turn. And every straightaway was set up like that. And I'm like, who the fuck built this track? Like, if they never watched any other type of motocross shit ever... Just full sprint and just like the scariest double into a corner. To just brake, just stand on your brakes and downshift twice and then just engine brake off it. 
Um, and they only use excavators. <laughs> Did they do that while you were there? Groom the landing with the excavator? Mm -hmm. That happened, but it just reminded me of like a lot of the stuff I've done in Asia where excavators were a luxury and it's usually just a whole bunch of people with rice brooms and shovels out of, made out of things that you've never seen before. Well, that was Mexico. You ever done that motor? I'm sure that you have done that motorcycle show in Mexico City, where they bring in. Oh yeah, with like the world's mellowest landing. Well, so does the landing? Do they have plywood cut out in the contour of the landing with rebar run through it? With rebar run in the middle, and then they wire around the end around the plywood, and then they fill it in the center with dirt with their wheelbarrows. And then every time you ride and you pull the dirt off of the landing down into the concrete, as soon as you get done, they come out with their tree branches tied together as brooms and they sweep it back up onto the landing. Oh, yeah. Same one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and oh, then yeah. when the, and then when you get a, a divot in the safety of the landing, right, and they need to get that dirt all the way back up top, they sweep it up with their sticks. And then they shovel it into the uh, into the wheelbarrow, and then there's a rope, that and there's a guy at the top of the landing, and the guy pushes it up the landing, and the guy pulls it up with the rope. I think that within the last like probably three or four years, they just started doing all uh, ramped ramp. Oh uh, man. So, yeah, it's it. Things in Mexico have gotten a lot better. There's like actually multiple like ramped ramps and quite a few people who actually shred down there these days so well Pretty, it's gotten a lot better than the good old days hartman and i did that one and we met uh pedro gonzalez while we were there very nice i've done top ends i've done top ends in uh out of yz250 down there i did a top end in it and when i pulled it off it literally looked like someone just poured sand in the head it was what was left of the Nicosil, I actually thought might have been detrimental, so I just got sandpaper and sanded the entire cylinder smooth and put a new piston and ring in it. And the thing ran titties for about three quarters of the show. And then by like my final run, every time I hit the ramp, I just had to go a little faster and a little faster. And then by the very last like three jumps of the show, I was just wide open. And like the last three jumps of the show are obviously like flip tricks and that's like when I was doing like super flips and I'm doing just second gear pin KOD flips on this bike that I knew was about to implode was, yeah there's nothing left of it and it I was so thankful to be done with that show when it was over like oh man it was it was pretty bad and it was the really crappy part is it was the best the cleanest looking bike it just happened to go through, like, you know, a full national at Southwick with no air filter before I got there. <laughs> what was it? Just a YZ250 back in probably, like, 08. Yeah, but those things, um, all the two, well, there's one I don't, but all the rest of my 250s, I basically had to buy new cylinders because just what you were saying. Eventually, the Nicosil starts to, you get a hole in it, in the cylinder and then it just starts to flake off after that 
this literally just didn't have any. It just had grooves in it. Like they're like, oh, it has a brand new top end. I was like, yeah, because someone clearly blew it up and just thought it might be a good idea to put a new piston and ring in it. Like they didn't do anything to the cylinder. Right. <laughs> I was just sanding grooves out of it. I was like, this. Can we get a new one of these? Oh no. Yeah. Like, no. Ranger's you... got a new ring. Put that in it. All right. Well. Yeah, this goes. You can't get anything. I was in Colombia one time, and they, so we're at this house. They rented for us, and there's a track like quarter mile down the road. So they're like, put we put all of our stuff on the bikes, and we're like, we're gonna ride down to this track and do a couple laps, just feel them out. And on my way, a quarter mile down the road, my bike shut off three times, and as soon as I pulled the kicker out and kicked it, it would fire right back up, and I'm like. This thing's got... I'm like, I'm not riding this. Why? I'm like, it has some kind of electrical issue. Like, it just shuts off for no reason. Why do you say that? Well, I say, because it shuts off for no reason. And then, first kick, it will fire back up. I'm like, no way in hell am I going to jump this thing. My worst fear right now is a motorcycle cutting out on me as I'm pulling for a backflip. I'm like, it's not happening. So then I rode some fucking Suzuki that they had there I didn't have any suspension for anything you know it was just stock as hell just some random Colombian dude that had been riding the piss out of it so that thing didn't run worth shit with that 62 octane fuel that they have down there at like 12,000 feet I realized I went there a bunch of times and I realized after we only jumped like 64 feet ever because they always measured it in meters and I'm like I don't understand what that is but it's second gear all you've got and I just realized found out after like nine times of going that it was like 64 feet and that was all second gear had down there pretty much like uh, especially Bogota Bogota is like shoot I don't remember it's it's like 8,000 feet or something and luckily they have pretty poppy ramps but same thing it's like I think the biggest we ever jumped I went down there with Nate Adams Adam Jones Bartram like we did like a pretty big show down there this one time and I think the ramps were like 68 and that was like everything I had go figure like of all people I didn't even get a bike like one didn't show up everyone else built their bikes rode practice did the whole deal like just standing there like okay what should I do they're like we'll ride his bike and I'm like uh no I'm good like or whatever like 97 KTM 250 you guys has got sitting over there I'm not riding that either so they finally got me a bike like practice was already over I built the thing and I'm like ask Adam I'm all how is it he's like dude you gotta hit him hard I'm like, like how hard because like everyone else pushed him forward and moved him back because like the bikes were so slow and I was like cool like I'm already late for the show I just finished my bike like here we go. Like, go see what happens. Uh, same shit. It's just 67 feet. Just hit it as fast as you can. <laughs> well, that's what uh, Hartman's like at that show in Mexico City. He goes, do you want to start a minute, like, just to drop them? And I was like, we rode the bikes around a little bit. And I was like, nah, I don't think so. Let's just push it in. So we push it in. And I literally ride at the thing and I waited till the bottom of the ramp and just got into it and it just didn't do anything. It was just, it was like, bah. even when I stabbed it, it just stayed at the same pitch and I just 
face the fuck out of it. Like, I barely got my front wheel over the top of the, like, the back knuckle of the landing. And, um, I'm like, thank God we didn't set that thing at 70. I for sure would land at 10 feet, you know, like, from the top of the landing into the backside, which was plywood on that thing. <clears throat> but we end up getting it back to, like, I don't even know, 60, same thing, 68. And it's a concrete floor, and, I mean, we're taking, like, a 110-foot run at 68 feet and just wrapped out in second everything I had. <clears throat> Luckily, Greg was flipping that one. I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah, I've done that one with Greg before, and I remember I went back, like, the second or not. I've actually been, I've, if it's the same show, I've done it quite a few years, but. I went back one time, and there was, like, when it was ramp to ramp, and I think I just, I was like, ah, it's, I remember bikes are, like, because it's up in the highlands, so it's super, it's even above Mexico City, and it's, like, bikes run real bad. Uh, I think I was like, oh, let's, let's just set it at, like, 72. I'm not going 75. Like, bike won't even make it. I want a brand new YZ450. And I hit it and was, like, hit it in road practice, and I think I, the last time I went there, I was with Loza. And he was on YZ250 at the time. He's like, how do you hit it? And I was like, as fast as I can. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, he's like, you're on a 450. I'm on a YZ250. He's like, you? I'm like, yeah, no, just literally. I'm like, go as fast as you can. You'll be fine. <laughs> go as fast as you can and you'll grease it. He's like, well, you're on a 450. Though. I was like, I know. I hit it as fast as I can. We'll go the same. Like, you can literally only hit the ramp so fast without just buckling when you hit it. Go, what do you think is too fast? And you'll be alright. Because your motorcycle is not going to accelerate anymore when you get to the end. Yeah, no, it's not going to do anything. It's just going to keep... No matter how much you turn the throttle, it's just going to continue at the same RPM. You hit 75 feet in Mexico City exactly how you hit a 90 foot dirt and at sea level. You just go as fast as you can in second gear and you grease it. Perfect. Yeah. No, it is. It is literally perfect. You just have to know that. If you go into it without knowing that, it might not work out so hot. And you can't wait and then just power on. You just need to carry all your momentum into it. Yeah, no, you can't. There is no waiting and powering on anything. You go into it as fast as you possibly can. <laughs> without you hit it and then pin it. Just hope the ramp is not super poppy. Yeah. But no, that's the cool thing about this electric thing I'm riding, dude. I could take it right there and hit it at 75 feet and it's same, same, same. That is good. I don't know, it actually kind of weirded me out a little bit thinking about it. Knowing how bad they are at other altitudes and just be like, oh no, she's fine. <laughs> yeah. Put it, in, put it in whatever. I'm good. Science. Yeah. It's well, science. It's a science bike. Oh. Wacker riding a oh, science yeah. bike. <laughs> They're smarter than me, that's for sure. Yeah. Well. Like learn all kinds of new things. You're le learning new things from the electric bike. Well, I need to. I need to like go to college and like. Uh, electricity or something. No. There's no more jetting. No more top ends. No. See, you are 
what you are and you just better ride that electric bike. Do they not tell you stuff and you're just like, say what? Ohms? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm, I don't know. I'm just trying to learn more about it because I want to know, you know, all the differences. And I get asked a lot of questions, so I don't really have that many answers. Uh, <clears throat> I'm the... have a better understanding of how everything works and definitely wouldn't be a bad thing. For sure. The most profound thing I ever heard you say was, good times are expensive. <laughs> Were we drunk? Most likely. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> That's we, a pretty standard quote for me, especially, we, <laughs> especially if I've had a couple beers. We may have been at what that no-ho no party, I don't know. Probably you're trying to get in a limo outside of it or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, that, that is the truth, though. That is the truth. And then somebody said no, which is also true. But. Eh, I mean, you can have good times without it being expensive, but it's, it's not going to be dirt bikes. Or parties. At least not parties at bars. Well, there is. It doesn't exist anymore. But the Scott Rattler party on a budget. That's. It's There's a really. YouTube tutorial. It's a shame that the Rattler way of life has died out. I, I mean, there's there's some people keeping it going. There's definitely some people keeping it going. Um. It will exist in the hearts of men. Do you still have all your Louis Vuitton stuff? Because at one time you were riding around in a van or living in a van with more Louis Vuitton suits and garments in it than the vehicle was worth. Uh, I mean, pretty standard. It's kind of like, I mean, I definitely don't have as much as I used to and it's definitely tamed down, but I still have the... Uh, the original amount and it's kind of the same in the trailer. <laughs> I got a um, uh, Louis Vuitton hanging garment bag that I'd like to sell. Are you interested in it? It's only like 1500 bucks. Um, I've probably looked at it and wanted it before. But it's badass. I'll send you pictures. I tried. <laughs> send me a picture of it. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> oh man! You could show up, dude. It's I. If I didn't need fifteen hundred bucks, I would totally keep it because it's so obnoxious. Like if you just show up with this huge shoulder strap bag, with just it's like twenty four inches by twenty four inches, and that's just one side. So then it opens up, and it's got a hand. Suits. Yeah, exactly. So you could just hang the whole bag up. And just have your suits hung inside of it. It's got another separate compartment for your shoes at the bottom. Another bag inside for like your t-shirts or whatever. Underwear. Like it's totally you. It's definitely whacker approved. It sounds, like, it sounds pretty baller. It sounds like it would look sweet hanging up in the van. It would look sweet you walking around with it over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like to have it subtle and hidden. 
No, you don't. You want it to be. This is so obnoxiously Louis Vuitton. You're you're not gonna be able to stay away from it. No, I don't want stuff sold. Not obnoxious, like obnoxiously. You're gonna be like, I'm gonna put papers in this. I'm gonna put papers in this and go into meetings like this is my briefcase. <laughs> you gotta you gotta unfold it on the whole on the whole table. It's like six feet long. You have to lay it down and unfold it on the whole table and just take your stuff out. Listen, you're getting that deal. You show up with a six foot Louis Vuitton bag, all right, and take your papers out of it on the table. You're getting that deal. I don't give a fuck what you went in for. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm here for business. <laughs> you could be at the wrong meeting. They'll give it to you. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're selling, but I'm buying They're like, what's in Alta? Uh, where you're hired. They're like, no, I was talking about the new... <laughs> elect- no? Okay. What do we do here? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing now? What are we doing? What, what is this work? Let's go. Let's get it. Ah, oh, shit. All right. Are you... Oh, you're probably not ready for bed. It's early there yet. It's 8 o'clock. 8-11. I, need, I might need to get up and get another beer. It's 11-11 here. 11-11. Make your wish, dude. Make your wish up by that, that suit carrier. I wish... <laughs> I wish Wacker would buy that fucking Louis Vuitton bag I got. And somebody would give me... And somebody would give me an Alta. That's a good wish. <laughs> I wish that one was. Did you have to buy your Alta? I'm on a loaner program. I basically at this point. You're sponsored. You're an Alta factory rider. For people on audio, he said, not officially. And then I didn't hear the rest of it. I don't know who he's talking to. I just was watching the Yankees game, which they lost by one. Yankees, not the Yankees. Fuck the Yankees, the Rangers. Nick apparently went to sleep with his kids. Wacker said he was going to get a beer, but now he's in the other room talking. And since Nick's not here, I can't go for a pee break or go to make another drink, so I'm just going to end up drinking straight tequila. Which sounds like... I'll end up taking a bunch of Rhino Power electrolytes so that I'm not hungover in the morning. Whacker, where the fuck are you? Looking for a beer, man. Where are you? He's fucking, he's making room in his closet for that Louis Vuitton garment bag. That's what he's doing. What I'm he's, back. I'm back. That's what he's doing. 
You got room in your closet now? I tried to make some room. I knew that's what you were doing. Just get yourself a lighter, bro. I don't even have one of those handy. God. So check. I got this bottle opener. I bought it online from Ukraine. It's a keychain. Nice. But if you, you know. Does it flip open so you can assault your attacker? It's a little. What you're gonna do with it other than like, I open packages with it. It's really sweet. It's sharp as hell. So when he opened up his. You never know when you're gonna need a blade. When he opened up his bottle thing, it looked like a little. Uh, like a. What would that be? Like a cleaver type Shame. of thing. It looked like a like a mini Basically, cleaver. And it's super sharp. Where'd you get it? Turkey? Hungary? Ukraine. Ukraine. Marie. <clears throat> I don't know. I found it online. They make like these custom leather good and handmade blades. And I was like, I need a bottle opener. That's cool. You're like, I need both. Custom leather goods and a handmade blade. Send it to me. Take my money. Did you say See, that? That was a Louis Vuitton one. It would have been like $900. And you, and you would have just, you wouldn't even have put in your bank information. You just would have sent them a message that said, take my money. <laughs> Probably. Probably. What, Not these days. You went to China, right? Did you um, go and buy yourself some fake Louis Vuitton? Because I bought a fake Louis Vuitton belt and matching wallet when I was there for like a hundred bucks. No, like I don't know, man. I have this thing. I can't. I can't do the fake stuff. Don't own any. Yeah, but in China, it's good fake stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't count to me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, in the United States, I agree with you, but in China, I say you just buy the fake good stuff, because then you're just helping out all those poor people. Helping them buy rice. When you leave, do you give do you do you pass it on? Do you give them? Do you? Give no, them I brought it back here, and the only place that anybody ever commented about my shit was New Jersey. The whole rest of the country couldn't give a shit that I had a Louis Vuitton belt on, other than New Jersey. And then everybody's like, "That would make sense." Sick belt. That's awesome. Look at that. <laughs> And I'm like, it's fake as fuck. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. We bought uh, when we went to China. We bought scooters. We bought three of them. And then at the end of our trip, we just gave them all away to the locals. When we went to Alaska, we ended up buying a rental minivan. That was only because we. Put a fist size hole in the transmission pan. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I was in the back, 
So I don't exactly know, but I know that somebody said, should I do a donut? And the passenger said, yeah, do a donut. And then we were kind of moshing in the back. And then the next thing I know, we hit something. And then um, we drove back to the hotel, which was only like a parking lot over. And we were like, okay, <clears throat> the story is because he hit something with the bumper that, and he's like, the story is we went to back out of this parking spot and there was a pole there and we caught it with the bumper. So he comes in and we give him this story and he goes to this other room and they give him the same story. Maybe he went to that room first and then he came into our room. We gave him the same story and he goes, listen, the other room told me the same shit. He goes, hitting a pole backing out of a spot does not make a fist-sized hole in the oil pan. And we were like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He goes, yeah, there's a fucking trail of oil that comes out of the parking lot next door where you guys ran over like an eight-inch curb. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently we hit the curve and then it just started dumping oil and there was just a trail out into the street and then like into the parking lot where our hotel was so they clearly knew what had happened our story right back, right? we, did, we had no idea that the yeah. oil had leaked out and made a little trail you know we thought we had our Not even draw. no we, we thought I had our tracks covered like everybody's got the same story, backed out of the spot, hit a pole, we're good. <laughs> we backed over the spot, <laughs> over that curve. Yeah. No, we tried to spin a donut. We tried to spin a donut, hit a hit a wall, and ran over a curb. Is more like it, and then just drove back. So we're in we're in um, Fairbanks, Alaska. We rented this, well, we didn't rent, the promoters rented this van in um, Anchorage, which is eight hours away. So we had to pay for somebody to drive another minivan the eight hours on a trailer, drop it off, grab the broken down minivan, and then tow it all the way back. And then put a new uh, transmission or motor in it or whatever the fuck we blew the oil pan off of so that was most of us lost most of our money from that trip on that deal but it was a good trip it was still fun <clears throat> I feel pretty fortunate that I haven't had an experience quite like that at any of my shows because I've heard of I've heard of more than a few yeah well, I mean like um, it was like I don't know 3500 bucks or something, but like, I don't know, five of us chipped in on it or something like that, so it, it was still, you know, five, six hundred bucks a piece or something like that. The person that was actually driving the van paid like more, but yeah, I think I chipped in like 600 bucks. I wasn't even doing anything. I was moshing in the back seat with somebody else, and next thing I knew, you know, we blew the thing up. Well, you know that it went wrong when you were moshing in the back seat. 
No. Might have been sad. No. <laughs> that's that was the that's the sign of how right it went. How good the night was. That there was, was no reason part. for us to stop <laughs> off in that parking lot and try to do a donut. Okay? Because we drove from a bar like further down the road. I don't know why we pulled in. Maybe he pulled in the wrong parking lot by accident and then was just like, we're going to do a quick Yui. Hold on. I'm not sure. I was say, how do you know it was a, how do you know it was a donut? It just wasn't a really fast U-turn. It might have been. But I, I do remember hearing, should I do a donut? And then the person in the passenger seat said, yeah. And then that's how we all wrote, got roped in to paying for this vehicle. Because <clears throat> one other person that was not us said yes. <laughs> oh, man. Whatever, good times. Like in situations similar to that. Yeah, Hartman knocked himself out there. He went to do a rock solid, and there was it was like the landings were sandy, and he g'd out and maybe tried to do. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure he just missed a hand coming back. Ended up knocking himself out, and then asked us the same five questions for the next like fucking three hours, and it was like, "Do I have to ride tonight?" And we're like, "No, you knocked yourself out." And then he'd go. What trick was I doing? And then we'd tell him, you did a rock solid. And then he'd ask something else. Is someone so mad? And then, so then eventually we just started telling him, he'd go, what trick was I doing? It's when he was learning flips. So we're like, dude, you went for a fucking flip. And you got stuck. And he's like, no way. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, you almost had it. You just rode your nose wheel, your nose down and... Eventually, finally, uh, Steve Wagner is like, you got to write down their answers to their questions on a piece of paper or something and give it to them. So that's finally what we did. And then, have you ever done that to someone? I haven't. I haven't actually. It's been a long time since I've been in a situation like that. Like, luckily. If somebody keeps repeating the same, like, whatever, five or six questions over to you. You write, write them down and give them the flashcards. <laughs> write down the yeah, answers. <laughs> yeah. Because they go, hey, because, you know, every time that they that same thought comes into their head, it's like a groundbreaking fucking thought. You know what I mean? They go, oh, what, was I what was I doing? You know? And so if you write it yeah. down and they go, oh, and you go look at the paper and the answer is already there. They're like, how did you know? Like the first couple of times is like, are you a witch? What is, how did you know this? What is wrong with you? And then eventually they go, oh, fuck. I've been asking this same question, haven't I? You can actually watch them clip back in. They're like, I've been asking this shit, haven't I? Yeah. Uh. That's like, I mean, well, I mean, Hartman's been there a few times, as, as we all have, but, like, I got to the point where, like, I remember really definitely, like, the last concussion I had where I had that same thing was, like, okay, I, like, I would do the same thing, you get that awe moment, and you go to, like, ask the question, and I'd be like, oh, I know I just already asked that question, yeah. <laughs> and I just stopped, like, I just had, to, every time I went to go ask a question, I would just stop, I'm like, 
it's not gonna matter. <laughs> I'm gonna ask the same thing in two more minutes of not knowing I'm at. So that's an interesting. That's an interesting spot to be in where you realize that that was going on, though. Yeah, that was, like, it was weird because sometimes, like, you know, normally you're so dingy you don't get to realize that. But I was out in Beaumont, and I was with Chuck and a bunch of random people, and we were, like, this would have been a couple of years after, like, I'd been out there for a while, and, like, we went to go show a bunch of people around, and I, like, I weeded myself on a jump, like, first jump of the day. And I'd realized, like, it wasn't super bad, but it was bad enough to where, like, I got up and I didn't even know where we were at. Like, I was asking him what jump I crashed on. Like, all the same stuff. Right. It's like, I should have known. I've been there a million times and, like, all the same stuff. And I'm, I, like, knew I was kind of jacked up. But I was like, yeah, just, like, I don't want to ruin everyone's day. Because we're deep trail ride in. I was like, I'll just cruise around and, like, just, it's just a trail ride. I'm not going to ride or jump anything. And I found myself coming up to jumps, and I would be like, I remember asking, like, hey, what jump is this? And, like, Chuck was like, dude, we were here yesterday. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And at that point, I was just like, I'm just not going to say anything anymore. I'm just going to ride around. But just being in that la-la land and actually still riding and still, like, not like I was out, like, jumping anything, but just you know, riding the trails and cruising with everybody and watching and, like, just having no idea what's going on. It's pretty wild. Yeah. But I just, I forced myself to just not ask the questions because you'd be like, you'd, you'd want to ask, like, hey, what happened? What jump is this? What's going on? Yeah. Where are we going now? And you're like, and then when you finally do come to and you look back at it all, you're like, oh, shoot. Like, yeah, that literally was just the same stuff that we do every day. Like, same spot, same jump, same trail. Just... That's interesting. I, I've never heard anybody that actually was like that, but I caught, like got it at that time. You know what I mean? Like most people, that that's having been through it, seeing other people, whatever. You know what I mean? Because most people don't, have the wherewithal to even realize that that's a thing, you know? I think, I, me at that point, I think it just, been, I'd been through it enough, like, I wasn't that, obviously, like, I was still able to kind of trail ride and cruise around, so it wasn't that bad, but it was bad enough to where, like, I would catch myself, like, asking questions, but kind of already knowing I'm out of it. It's almost like when you're really high and you're all, Am I saying that out loud? Or am I thinking that? <laughs> it was like, that's the comparison. I don't know so, what you're wait. talking about. And like, instead of being like, I'm going to say it out loud or ask that question, you're just like, I'm going to keep it to myself and just shut up. Yeah. So I just kept my mouth shut and cruised and trail run and had no idea what was going on. I just remember all I really wanted was a whole bunch of ice cream. Did someone else drive me home at the end of the day? Are you sure you weren't just like, real high? I ice cream from Baskin Robbins. Are you sure you weren't? Are you sure you weren't just real high? Because that sounds like something, yeah. something that would happen to him. <laughs> just be like, I just want Baskin Robbins. <laughs> no, actually, like, I mean, I really rarely smoke as it is, anyways. But back then, like, I didn't smoke at all, so. <laughs> 
wouldn't have made any sense. And I definitely cartwheeled my brains out on like a hundred foot like hill jump and Beaumont straight to my head. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> it will do it. That will do it. The worst uh, situation like that high I ever had was at X Games one year. And uh, Graham Gustin, we went out, I was with Fisher, and we went out to Graham Gustin's van and smoked, and we're smoking in his van, and then we look over, we're at like in the uh, covered parking at the Staples Center, and we look over, or somebody did, looks over at the truck next to us, and they're like, they're smoking in there too. So... Like, at the same time. So, we end up holding our shit up to them, and they end up holding their shit up. We just open the doors to the trucks and get out and just stand there and smoke with these random people that were in the car next to us. Just stand there and bullshit with them, too, and smoke. And then the event ends, and I'm, like, calling Chuck. I'm like, hey, I'm need, I can't get back in. He's like, yeah, the event's over. The building's locked. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. So I didn't know where the fuck I was. He's just like, we're going to the movie after this. Just wait outside. So I just walked over to where he said, and I was just sitting there for like, whatever. You know, Chuck had to say bye to everybody in the building. So I'm over there for like fucking 20 it minutes. probably like three minutes, but to you it felt like you were sitting there just... <laughs> Forever. Like four and a half hours just, a, what's going on. just in the middle, over by that theater right next to the Staples Center, just watching millions of people walk by me. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure the neighbor, the neighbor guy's stuff was laced. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't know where the hell I was. I was like, Chuck, how do I get back in the building? He's like, you just walked out. I'm like, I know, I don't know. I don't know where I am. I don't know, this door's shut. And he's like, oh, they locked you out. You're done. Oh, no. That's awesome. All right, yo. Good old X Games. Good old X Games. Now you're going to have to go to Australia. Sounds like fun. I know it does. Sounds expensive though. Yeah. You know what they say? Go do an electric demo or something. Good times are are expensive. <laughs> Good times are cheap. <laughs> Spe- like that. Especially not in Australia. If you live in the United States. Well, you only live once, right? Is that yeah, YOLO? That's what the kids say these days. Or is that fast already? No, yeah, I, I think I think the kids I think the kids still say that, but they don't know about like being Buddhist and stuff where they think that your soul gets reincarnated. Uh, makes sense. They read some books. They should. Read some fucking books, people. <laughs> and not and not on just listen to audio. Although that's me, but whatever. I don't claim to be... I listen I listen to books on audio and stuff, but I don't claim to be intellectual, so fuck off. Whatever you gotta do, man. There you go. Alright. <clears throat> We're gonna call it quits, because I'm about to pee myself. Alright, cool.
Don't Th- kill yourself. I will not. Thanks for coming on, and uh, thanks for telling us about the electric, the electric motorcycle. No worries, man. And uh, we'll yeah, do it again. Yeah. We'll do it again. Hopefully, we yeah. won't have such a delay. And we gotta. No, we'll do uh, cross the paths and ride some dirt bikes or something. Yeah, for sure. That sounds even better. We'll it's keep in. I haven't seen you since Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, where that's the building that we could barely get the landing in. Probably. Sounds right. I vaguely Blind remember times. it. Times. We were circus in it. Circus for sure. Coming out of like double doors and all kinds of weird stuff. That's how you do it at the circus. You ride just in, right. you just ride amongst everything. Yep. Inflatable tigers and bounce houses and whatever else you need. There you go. <clears throat> just make sure they took the cables down. That's that's our closing. Yeah, that's our double check for this. That's our closing advice. Make sure the cables are down, people. Don't just tuck yourself. <laughs> Do not. It doesn't work out so hot. <laughs> All right, Whacker. Awesome, man. Keep in t- touch with yourself. Cheers, Happy Stop New Year. Happy there you go. New Year. Stop recording. You're just going to have to hang up. Scary.